Well, maybe if the question was asked a couple of months later and not today, I might have had a little bit more enthusiasm or possibly a little bit more confidence in the decision. Tuesday, May 17th, 2022, I'm Steven Sersky. This year is my audio digest in which I yik-yak about the goings-on of an expat here in Beijing, China, involved in the ESL industry, and I have some other interests, uh, notably computer graphics, music, and movies, and I've been posting about this all on my website, stephensersky.com, is where you can find all the weird and wonderful things that I seem to dream up of. Now, that question, what was it? Well, it was about contract renewal. It was about staying in China. Actually, sorry, not staying in China. It was about staying in my current position. And I guess uh, this is, has actually took me a bit surpri- uh, by surprise today because typically my contract uh, expires in October, November, around there. Uh, and the reason for th- this change is because my passport is being renewed. So my passport ended, is due to expire in August. And so as a result, the company can only offer, can only sponsor a visa that goes as far as the uh, the passport. Well, since the passport's being renewed, uh, the contract has to be renewed as well. Same with the work visa, the permit, the everything has to be renewed this summer. Uh, so this is, it's a little bit, early for me to even be uh, panicking, thinking about contract renewal. I've mentioned this before with several blog posts that I've made about the uh, anxieties that come with being an expat, especially an ESL educator person, uh, that uh, every year we live a lot of our lives, a lot of our contracts, no, a lot of our lives on a year-to-year basis. And there aren't too many multi-year contracts available within the ESL industry. There might be if you work for, I want to say an actual university, but if 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 you're a PhD holder or you sign on to more administrative work or you're sent over from another university to work in China for the branch of an overseas university, you might have a longer uh, contract or not just contract a longer visa available to you most of us don't have that a lot of us here don't have that and so every year it's not just the um is my visa going to be renewed is my contract going to be renewed it's also do i want to stay for another year and i'll tell you this year especially, I mean, it kind of hit me today because I was like, I've seen so many people and I heard of so many people leaving. I've been talking about this expat exodus that's happening. And again, no one's coming in and there, no one's going to be coming in for months, years. This country shut off. There, I mean, I used to think that there could be, you know, a lot more opportunities out there. Uh, you know, if someone within China wanted to make the jump to another place. But I'm not even sure if that's happening anymore. And this is a good question because this today's uh, sort of question about the contract, I said yes, by the way. I'm like, yeah, okay, fine, let's go for it. Um, <laughs> actually, it was more along the like, sure, What? where else am I going to go? What else am I going to do? <laughs> to which the response is, well, you sure sound enthusiastic. And again, uh, it does go in part and parcel of the uh, the sort of atmosphere of what's going on right now. 
Beijing, parts of it are locked down. Shanghai, completely locked down. Massive expat exodus, massive return of highly educated Chinese uh, individuals. A lot of them are women, a lot of them bilingual, trilingual, and they can teach English or Chinese or whatever. So there's not even that much of a need for native English speakers anymore, which was the big, you know, uh, demand years ago. Seems to have changed. The landscape's changed. The job market's changed. The other thing that popped up recently was this article uh, written by Peter Hessler. If you've never heard of this name, he's kind of a big name in the Chinese, uh, not literature scene, the Chinese travel literature scene. He's been in China for a while, um, but he recently got kicked out. <laughs> Actually, he didn't get kicked out. He just wasn't asked to return or to continue to stay. And it was about some comments that he made on one student's essay that then went viral on Weibo, uh, the Twitter-like platform here in China. Not Twitter-like. I mean, it's a it's a blinking. It's a it's a cluster show <laughs> compared to what Twitter is. Twitter seems organized. Weibo is just a mess. Uh, but. Uh, the, uh, or it's very busy. It's, I shouldn't say it, it's a very busy application. And unless you know what you're looking at, it, it's very confusing uh, or intimidating, I should say. And so what Peter Hessler wrote was just these sort of... Um, and uh, in reading his article today, for the uh, written on the New York Times, I think it was, or the New Yorker, one of the two, uh, and reading the comments, it, I was there, and I've taught at a university before, uh, not at the same level as uh, he has, but I'm going, why would you challenge students in such a way in a country you know doesn't like people saying things like that? Or even even more, why would you bother trying to challenge them at that level? I mean, and my reason, my reason for saying that in an English course... If you're, you're teaching English composition, which is what this course uh, he was teaching, I'm, I'm thinking, is your job to necessarily clarify their logic or just make sure that the English is okay? Now, I sit here after eight years, seven years, however many years in this country, and he, he's been here longer for, uh, than me by, by far. But I said, after that time, I go, there's no point arguing with the logic. I mean, if they want to talk about that, let them talk about it. If they want to have that opinion, let them have the opinion. Does the English make sense? Sure. Whatever. I mean, correct the English. Correct the language. That, that's your job. Unless, of course, maybe his job wasn't necessarily just English composition because he was, uh, he, he was, it's one of these dual programs where the, the students are able to, uh, do a couple of years here in China, and then they move overseas to complete the degree. Now, again, the com first of all, the comments that he was making on the essays were like brick-worth comments, like lots of feedback. I remember teaching a couple of years of uh, university. I stopped giving feedback because I was like, first of all, it's all the same commentary. Second of all, uh, they don't really understand the, they don't really understand how to incorporate the feedback because they just go to the internet 
without citation and get and then copy and paste it. So that was the big deal. What my biggest battle with a lot of my students was, you know, don't just cite the internet. You have to have an actual source, which then goes into like, well, where do you get your sources? Is it Baidu or other? And by other, you may or may not need an assisted connection device through which you can access things that maybe some people don't always want you to be looking at. And I'm not talking about porn, okay? <laughs> porn would be easy. <laughs> but uh, so this article sort of, um, I was talking about returning to teaching and after reading this article and going, even the students are out to get you. And it wasn't necessarily that the student that received the comments on his essay was the one at fault. It's that someone else saw it. And they took, they either misinterpreted on purpose or, or by mistake, and it went viral. <laughs> Peter Hessler is now no longer in China, as far as I know, not in that uh, in that position. But um, I encourage you to read his books. He's a, a very good writer, uh, and he has uh, was it Rivertown? I think I read that in the first couple of years that I was here. Um, I always kind of I was actually against reading his books for a while only because his name was of that stature you're like i have to be prepared to read this but for sure worth the read along with his, like his uh his his books are much more modern if you want like the 1980s early 90s take on what china was like you got to go to paul thoreau and his uh, uh ghost star to the eastern uh, Ghost Train to the Eastern Star, or the or the Great Railway Bazaar, he uh, comes to China, and then he redoes the journey 30 years later, which is also a great read as well. Um, but uh, yeah, so these this sort of factor of things, uh, several things had me thinking today. I'm looking at this going, I wonder, with all the expats that are leaving, are the Chinese people hopeful for what they see here in the country, what what they see, uh, and I don't mean, I don't mean this negatively. I mean this more in the sense of like, what are they looking at? What what sort of job opportunities are they looking at? Because I mean, I've talked to a few Chinese people that I know, uh, and <laughs> none of them sound entirely happy with what they're doing at the moment. They're going to keep on doing it, and maybe. Ah, I want. I wonder how much they bitch and complain to their friends because I know we uh, foreigners, especially if you sit on social media, you're going to hear it all the time. There's always a comment about how the the company is this or that, and someone, you know, uh, you know, why can't we, the employee, the worker? I know. <laughs> I've heard it all. I've probably even said it a lot. I've said a lot of it, if not all of it. But so, so my question is, like, as we see these expats leaving, are the Chinese people themselves happy with the jobs? Do they see the hope? And I've, I have suggested, I've actually not suggested, I've asked several of um, several people I've met that are educated. Um, they uh, they seem like they're well-read individuals. Uh, these are Chinese nationals. Would you consider reskilling? 
retraining and not that that conversation doesn't seem to happen that happens with a lot of foreigners you can hear a lot of people like i guess it kind of helps that the esl industry itself especially a lot of english teachers i can't say the esl industry a lot of esl teachers themselves are trying something different right so the the push the move to become an esl teacher is that i will reskill i will retrain i will move somewhere else i will take myself out of my comfort zone and go do something else but this is usually done like later either during like a gap year or after university or after you get your job for a few years you finish a job you kind of do a job and you're like this sucks <laughs> let's go try something else and that's when you go become an english teacher at least that's a very common story these chinese kids and i use the, the word very uh, loosely because by kids i mean like young adults university grads part of their lives are going overseas they, they are ground through this uh education process that culminates in the gaokao and the gaokao score the like the university entrance exam i mean is based out of 750 points and based on their score that they get there at 18 years of age determines which university they can go to which then sort of determines what sort of job they can get or where they're going to go study uh and uh what kind of job they can expect after that but they go through that 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 gauntlet that very intensive study experience i don't if there's an equivalent in the west it's not talked about that way at all there's not the same mythologizing um sort of presence to it uh a feature aspect right but at least with the west you get a university degree I guess what the the most common response is when you ask any employee like what 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 do you have a degree in and they'll be like oh you know pick an arts major even some science majors like just pick something you know if they have a BA or a BSc or like you know you know bachelor's of music or you pick one of these you know three or four year degrees they're not doing what they studied at university not at all trades people a little bit different someone goes studies welding you know what they're going to be doing they're going to be welding <laughs> if, if they're studying carpentry you know what they're going to be doing carpentry a lot of that and those the the tradies don't always cross over to anything more academic likewise academic doesn't always go over to the tradies right of course over generalization but you don't see it happen too much what about china what about chinese and I, I, i this question has actually been in my mind because i see uh, a lot of articles and a lot of talk about china being like on the forefront of ai technology of robotics of um you know 5g of uh, of surveillance as well like facial recognition and stuff like that and i goes i wonder <laughs> are any of my even my former students english majors are any of them reskilling to go learn programming or you know uh, ai or machine learning 
so that they can take part in like the the lucrative salaries that I hear that these um, these these new employees can get. It's for young, for kids again in their twenties, up forties. I don't know if you're getting that. You're not going to get a callback for that one, right? Good question. Very good question. So this was sort of occupying a lot of my mind today uh, when I was uh, oh walking around and uh, doing my uh, double workouts, my dual workouts, as they have continued as well. All right. Uh, in other news, yes, I do. I have been continuing with my my dual workouts. Was wondering today, actually, man, can they? Are they actually sustainable? Uh, only because I was like, I have to come up with a schedule. I think I mentioned this last week, and I got to finally sit down, especially as I, you know, with this new contract that I can expect a certain, you know, scheduled life for the next year or so. What should my schedule be for? working out as well. Continue with the two days, one in the morning, one in the afternoon, or should I uh, uh, change it up yet again? Other than that, also had another contribution towards May You Make Your Movie, my video challenge that's going on all month. You can check out the previous videos on my website, stevensersky.com. They're also posted up on YouTube and Instagram with the handle May You Make Your Movie. Folks, I'm going to leave it there. Uh, thanks for listening. I appreciate it. And if you have any comments or suggestions, comments or concerns about what I said, please get in touch. I'd be interested to uh, hear what you guys are hearing uh, in your conversations with uh, the people around you. Uh, not just expats, but the you know the people who your neighbors or other people that you've known who've returned from overseas, the Chinese nationals. Um, yeah, what are they, are they? Is anyone looking to reskill? Is anyone looking to do something different other than what they were doing before? But are they hopeful? I mean, are they coming back to China for the job opportunities? Do they want to stay in China for the job opportunities? What sort of job opportunities? I'd be curious. To, I'm, I'm interested to know. All right. I'm going to leave it there. Show notes, tracks, and videos available up on my website. Folks, thanks for listening. I appreciate it. We will talk again. Bye-bye.